good to go. How are we doing, everybody? Got the the night owl, the night owls in the house, huh? One night owl in the house. Come on. Yeah, it's kind of different. It's it's like it's super awesome that I feel like you know we're in this multiplication and transitioning to double services. But it's like weird because it's kind of like going backwards in a way. Because like when we started. This would have been a huge service when we started. Like, it was probably, like, half this big in this building, so it used to feel so small, and it's been, like, you know, like, no room in here for the last three months. So, fun uh, going back to this place where I actually can, like, see everybody, and I was, like, talking to people last service. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can, like, talk to you because there's not, like, five, you know, five times too many people in this room or whatever. So, uh, super awesome. We're excited. It's different, and God is good, so... Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to pray, so let's, uh, let's hold hands. I keep getting requests from the single people, so I figured the late night there are going to be more single people in the house, so you're welcome. Your prayers have been heard. Just squeeze the person if you like them next to them. If you think they're cute, just a little squeeze. I heard a girl one time, she's like, that happened to me, and the guy squeezed my hand. It's like, and I just went limp, like a dead fish. So, that's what you do if you don't like them back, but. Jesus, we thank you, God, for marriage. No, I'm just joking. Um, We thank you, Lord, that you are in the house. We thank you, God, for the great and mighty things you have in store. We thank you for the 7 o'clock service, God, and we ask that your spirit will move mightily in this time, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, you got your Bibles, open them to Ephesians chapter three, chapter 4. I'm going to read a chunk of scripture. I'm really just going to talk the rest of the night out of that chunk of scripture. And uh, the, really tonight it's a vision message, but I don't, it's not going to be just like, it, it's really what, does, what is the future of River House? Why are we doing what we're doing? And how does that involve you? Why does it matter to you? So I'm hoping this is... Uh, highly relevant in that sense, and will be uh, food for thought, and, and hopefully answer some questions about kind of the future of this ministry and why we're doing what we're doing. So, uh, Ephesians four. I'm going to start at verse eleven, and I'm going to read through verse sixteen. So I'm going to read five verses. Uh, and he gave Jesus. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints to the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Uh, I'm going to stop there just for a second. Essentially, God's giving five-fold ministers, right? Apostles, pastors, evangelists, teachers, something. I missed it. But five of them, uh, and he's called some people and given them unique grace to equip the body of Christ, right? So there's like... A small percentage of people that are called to be in church leadership, you following me? Like pastors, teachers, evangelists. And he's, not, and he's called them to equip the saints to raise them up to maturity so that the whole church will work and grow into the fullness of Christ. You following me? So there's this, the leaders, they equip everyone, and then everybody enters into the fullness of Christ. So stay with me. As a result... We're no longer children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, 
by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, were to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fit and held together by what every joint supplies, according to, say this with me, according to the proper working, say that, proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Right? So there is this, there's this analogy of the body, and every single person has a part to play, which is, and that's the fulfillment of coming into the fullness of Christ, right? So we have the fivefold who are to equip the church, which would be like a small percentage, let's say like 5% of the body of Christ is called to be leaders in the body of Christ in the sense of like vocational leadership, to equip the whole body to fulfill its proper working into the fullness of Christ, okay? So you start to look like Jesus. What did Jesus do when he lived on planet Earth? Did he spend all his time in churches? No. He turned the world upside down, uh, started the most uh, fastest and biggest movement in the history of planet Earth, and uh, gave the most impossible and world-changing mandate ever, which is to bring his kingdom to earth as it is in heaven, to disciple nations and to baptize everyone in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? It's literally a cultural transformation of the whole world, right? Even uh, the word uh, apostle, apostolos uh, in the Greek, it's, uh, that is a Roman term that Jesus borrows, and it was what they would call uh, Roman generals who were commissioned by Caesar to go to a territory that was like, say it was Gaul and uh, not Rome. And they would not just be commissioned to conquer the city. They would conquer the city. But then the apostolos was, got, was sent to then reculturate that city to Roman culture. Right? So then Jesus takes this term and applies it to, that's one of the gifts. Right, is there's people that are to do a cultural transformation of the kingdom of earth as in heaven, right? There's this holistic transformation is on God's agenda. That's why I share that. Okay, are you following me here? Yeah. Okay, so it's a pretty uh, big, big mandate, big call. And we have to understand what does it mean for the church to proper function, uh, function <laughs> proper functionally. What does it mean for the church to proper functionally? I don't know. If you find out, let me know. You have the gift of interpretation. What does it mean for the church to function properly? What does this look like? Uh, I'm not going to try to answer that universally, but I am going to share what we feel the Spirit of God's revealing to Riverhouse and how we are going to do this moving forward, and then also hopefully uh, cast vision for why that matters for you. Okay, so church is a paradox. A paradox is when you have two seemingly opposing ideas contained in the same truth, right? You can, uh, a paradox... Uh, would be, like, is it judgment or mercy, right? Uh, is it predestination or free will, right? There's all these paradoxes. God is a, he uses paradox all the time uh, to stretch us and to break down the box that we try to keep him in. That's why he uses paradox. If he wasn't paradoxical, in, uh, in, in we can't comprehend him with our minds. And so paradox comes to stretch us and create tension, right? Uh, and we could go into a lot of them, uh, but what I'm going to focus on tonight is the paradox of church. Church is a paradox, and we forget this sometimes. And I think the, if you don't understand paradox, what happens is you go, Wah, or you go, Wah, or then you, like, then you get upset or hurt, then you go, Wah, all the way back. Then it's, Wah. and I literally meet people that are like, Wah, 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 Wah. and I'm like, dude, are you getting whiplash yet? Because you just need to realize it's both, all right? The church 
is a paradox. It is a building, right, that has a name on it, and it's a place, and it's a location, and it's also a body, right? Buildings are rigid and flexible. They don't move. They're static. They're built. They are non-personal, right? They're things, right? A body is flexible, organic, constantly changing all the time, right? Who's got a backache as they're sitting there, right? That's because you're a body, right? Buildings aren't like, my wall's tired, right? No. Um, Okay, there's a paradox here. So people, right, there's some people that are like, uh, you know, who's heard it like, oh, church is not a building, it's a people, right? They say that with like a vendetta. Most times because I got hurt by a church. Church isn't a building. Church is a people. It's people. It's about the people of God. Yeah, that's true, but it's also a building too, right? Like, it's both, right? And, and uh, we have to be able to get both of these at the same time to have an effective representation of what church actually is. And I'm going to describe kind of how we see this playing out uh, within Riverhouse. So uh, the reality is where the tension comes and where the paradox is most alive is in you, the people. Right? There are some people that are more oriented towards, uh, towards the building. And there's actually gifts that God gives to help build buildings, right? Build structures, build organizations, the gift of administration. Who has a gift of administration? Raise your hand. It's a powerful, amazing gift. Who has the gift of wisdom on their life? Right? By wisdom, a house is. By wisdom, a house is. All right, yeah. By wisdom, a house is built. Exactly. Right? There are gifts that God gives to create organizational structure. Because without organizational structure, do you know what things are? You know what the world would be? Chaos and anarchy. Anarchy doesn't work, right? Sometimes we get, people have this idea that the church, like, I just want it to be freedom. And it's like, what they mean when they say that is no structure. Just let it be freedom. Braveheart, right? That would be chaos. Like, if we just all got here and was like, freedom, do what you want. Right? Like, it would be, who knows, it'd be powerful, but it'd be madness, right? Like, there's got to be government, right? Of the increase of my government and peace, there will be no end. God has a government. Heaven has a government. Heaven is an anarchy. In fact, who's the authority? Who's the authority figure in heaven? God. Is he domineering and controlling? No, but there is still a government. There's a government. There's a way he organizes his world, right? And so he gives gifts of administration. Moses is in the wilderness not knowing what to do because he's got a million people in chaos. He sends Jethro that gives him counsel. This is how you need to do it. This is how you need to organize the people so that I can facilitate my purposes through them. Are you following me? The building is really necessary, okay? But also the church is a body. The church is a movement. The church is fluid. The church is ever-changing, right? And there's gifts that are given to support this. The prophetic anointing, intercessors, worshipers, right? They, are, they flow with the Spirit, right? Give me that flag. Watch me flow, right? Let's just flow, right? The river's flowing, right? This is good. God gives these gifts. So you've got people with, that are gifted in movement. You've got people that are gifted in building. And a lot of times, it's like, you're shooting arrows at each other. This one's right, this one's right, this one's right, this one's right. It's not right or wrong. It's a paradox. It's both. We got to be both, okay? You following me? Okay, so Riverhouse. Our church is called Riverhouse. Have you ever thought of how funny that is? Riverhouse? That's a paradox. 
Wow, river's like an organic force movement. A house is like a static, intentionally crafted structure. I love it because it embodies this paradox of what church is. People are like, where's that in the Bible? Ezekiel 47, there's a house and a river's flowing out of it, right? And so I believe that they need to, we can combine and we need both of these dynamically alive. We need organizational structure and we need a movement, a force of God's spirit flowing through a house. And that is when the church becomes the church, all right? So I'm going to talk about what does this actually look like here. So if we have that slide, you can put that slide up. It's real pretty. Jake Bottles made it. Um, Okay, so middle here is the house, right? And then the outside, these little concentric circles are revival groups. Revival groups are communities of prayer, family, and mission, all right? And then outside, these are areas of culture that you, as the people of God, are called to influence, okay? So I'm going to start by talking about the house in the middle because that's where we are here. Okay, the house is the corporate ministries of River House, right? Everything that applies to the overarching Movement that we call River House. Okay. And uh, this would be any corporate ministry. So uh, the preaching, the worship, uh, the prayer ministry, children's, greeters, uh, creative arts, equipping hour, conferences we do. Anything that we do as far as a large corporate ministry. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Okay. And I'm going to talk through kind of our philosophy of what we're doing and why we're doing these things. Okay. So... Uh, the first thing I want to bring the light to is that these ministries are being very intentionally built by leadership, right? These are things that through a lot of prayer, discernment, conversations, we are building and crafting, and they take a lot of work, all right? Some people have dogs. I tell people my pet is named administration, and it's a little monster, and he just gets bigger and bigger, and he sucks more of my time and my life and my energy, this, I was, like, pretty excited to just get to double services, honestly, because the last, like, two and a half months of my life have been consumed with conversations about what do we need to do to get ready for double services. You come and you attend, you cannot fathom how much work goes on behind the scenes of just facilitating the structure of what's happening here on a Sunday night, right? So why do we meet here on Sunday night? Why do we do these big gatherings, right? It's, is it because, like, that's just what you do, right? No, there is a corporate anointing and a corporate grace, and God does something here in this space that doesn't take place in the prayer closet. Okay, God does something in the prayer closet that he doesn't do here. But there, there's, there's, he pours out his spirit in a unique way in our midst. And we hear these testimonies all the time. I don't feel like I need to convince anybody. Week after week after week after week, we hear testimonies of lives being transformed, encountering the presence of God, being equipped through the teaching, and being transformed in their thinking. And as our thinking is transformed, it leads to the transformation of our lives, our actions, our decisions. That results in families being changed, health coming into relationships, organizations working more aligned to the, the reality of heaven, right? There is something that happens. Why? Because the fivefold are given to create the church so that you will be equipped to be empowered in your life, right? So that is why we do this. There's something powerful. This is an equipping time. You get filled in corporate gatherings, okay? But as we're doing this, we're not just doing this haphazard. We're really thinking through how do we create the corporate ministries of this church, especially going forward. Because there is a bad tendency that takes place, which is because administration, organization, all these things take so much, pretty soon you can create so much of the structure that literally your whole life and then the church's whole life starts to become around this structure. And pretty soon it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There's different ministries going on and everybody's giving time, 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 time to the church. And there's no more movement. 
It's not rigid. It's not free-flowing. It's not a force. It's not, it's not a river anymore, okay? So we're trying to embody this. So follow me for a bit. Um, these ministries don't exist without you. All of you make up the prayer team and the worship team and the kids team and the junior high team and all the teams and all the different ministries that are taking place every single Sunday, every single week, right? You're making them up, but it takes a lot of administration, okay? This isn't bad. This is good. But this is what we are asking of you as we move forward, and this will, this will stay consistent. Um, I will unashamedly ask for your time on Sundays. This is the day that we've set apart to say we worship God on Sundays. It's the Lord's Day. So as we grow, we're probably going to get a building eventually, maybe soon, maybe not soon. We don't know. But the day is going to come. We're going to get into a space. We'll probably have Sunday morning, probably have Sunday night. And Sundays, we will create a full day with a lot of dynamic ministry. And we will ask for your time. We will ask for your commitment. We will ask for you to volunteer and help and serve and create this house, which is River House. Okay? Our goal and the philosophy and what we're shooting for in that is to create it so that you're only volunteering one time a month and the rest you're free to receive. You will still receive when you volunteer, but we're asking that everyone will give something to build the house of River House because, again, we need structure. We need government. This is good. This, are, uh, this, is, this is of the Lord, okay? But that is not uh, the end of it. So that is what we are asking from the body, but this is then what we are committing to you and the same token. Uh, our commitment is to be a two-space church. What does a two-space church mean? It means that as we grow, uh, we're only going to ask for, there's only going to be two spaces that will be weekly ministries. One will be Sundays and all the corporate ministries that we do on a Sunday. And then two will be revival groups. Okay, there's one exception to that, which is Tuesday a.m. prayer, which is here at 6 o'clock. Um, I'm not asking for your, I'm like not taking away from your life at that point. I'm asking you to wake up a little early and come and seek the face of God and pray. So I, I'm fine asking for that one, but it's evenings, family time. Uh, we want you to be effective at life, and so we don't want to continue to ask, ask, ask for this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, because we can fall into the trap really quickly of thinking that a successful Christianity is about building a nice structured church. When successful Christianity is not about what's happening at church, it's about what's happening in culture. Right? That's how we measure success. So we are intentionally going to safeguard you from the temptation of falling into the trap of thinking that you're fulfilling the mandate on your life because you're coming to church three times a week. That's not the mandate on your life. The mandate on your life is to go to a mountain of culture, an aspect of society that you are anointed by God to work properly, fulfill your destiny, and bring heaven to earth, right? That, that's your calling. That's your destiny. The church is to serve you and empower you to be successful at life. That's mission. That's the river. That's the movement. Are you following me? That's the body of Christ. Okay, so we're going to be a two-space church, and that's very simple, uh, and I like that. It's been from the very beginning. This is what the Lord's shown me. But it also is complicated because uh, there's a lot of other ministries that we're used to. So the questions will come. So what about women's ministry, men's ministry, Awanas, puppet, this, that, that, right? Like everybody's got a ministry that they like, okay? And um, what I'm saying is that it is not that we will not be doing those things, but we're being extremely intentional in the way that we develop 
the ministries and the way that we build the house. We're having a staff prayer uh, retreat in a couple weeks. One of the big agendas that we'll be praying through is to create, okay, God, what ministries outside of these two, these two spaces, these two weekly rhythms, what other things do you want us to create? Okay, if it's a conference, is it a women's retreat? What, like, what do you want this to be? And we want to be intentional to set you all up for success. I want to put you in a situation that if you're engaging in the ministries of this church and you're, and you're giving your life to help build this house, that you are then liberated to be and empowered to be successful at living the gospel out in your life. Does that make sense? I'm not doing you a favor if I'm asking for this, for, for Sunday, and then maybe Thursday for revival group, and then this, and then that, and then that, and then we have this, and we have this. Like, it can just grow, 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 grow. You see what I'm saying? And it gets clotted, and then the river's not flowing. And this is the goal. The goal is the outpouring of God's spirit and God using you in, in your life. And so, uh, does that make sense? So to do that, we're thinking extremely creatively. Uh, one example of this is like equipping hour. We want to have a space. We feel like God's put it upon us and anointed Susanna to create a space of the purity of the Bible and biblical theological education so that we equip us how to think and process life with God. There's a lot of topics that need to go deeper, and I don't think a sermon is the way to do it. But instead of saying, okay, maybe we're going to ask you to come on like a Wednesday night to come to a class, see, this starts growing. We're thinking, okay, what about if we use podcasts? What if we use technology? What if we use the, the canvas that God is giving us in this day and age to equip you well, to get you a podcast that you can listen to on the way to work? See what I'm saying? We want to we're thinking, how do we serve you and equip you and empower you to be really successful at living the gospel in your calling, right? Not just to build the church. Okay, I think some of you are getting this. You look very stern. Okay. All right. So the house is the corporate ministries. I believe that if you will sow into the house and help build the house, you will find fruit in your own life. You will find that the river of God starts flowing in you. Okay, we're trying to embody this really well, and it's going to take creativity, it's going to take wisdom, but I believe this is the heart of God. All right, the river, all right, the house, we talked about the house, the river is mission. The river, uh, Ezekiel 47, it says the river flows out, and it flows eventually into the Dead Sea, which is so salty that if you get like a little tap in your eye, you're going to like die and scream. It's very painful. It happened to me. Uh, it's dead, dead, dead sea. And it says when that river flows into the Dead Sea, the fish will start swarming and dead things will come to life. It is a release of resurrection power. And there are dead places of culture that God's called you to uniquely and anointed you to bring this river. Right? And I believe that if we are faithful to sow and just give, give what I can give to build the house, we will find that the river is flowing mightily and effectively in our world, in our life. Okay? So our main vehicle, the only ministry that we're doing to really champion this is revival groups. Right? Revival groups, what are they? They're families. They're healthy families. They're communities that embody prayer, family, mission. Okay? The point of this is that in corporate gatherings, we're filled Okay, but in families, we get formed, right? We get encouraged, blessed, empowered in these corporate experiences, but we don't get discipled there. We get discipled in relationships with people. And so there are people, people that we prayed, God, who are you resting? Who's your favor resting upon to create these spaces 
these healthy families, these communities where people can come and get formed and then the river of God can release through that. Because once we get filled by the spirit and then formed in community, the next step, the only, the only plausible outcome is your destinies will begin to get fulfilled in your calling, right? Revival flows through healthy family. And uh, I, I'm always thinking critically. I'm always looking, okay, God, is this working? Is what we're doing? Is your grace on it? Is your spirit moving? And so we started this thing. We made this one revival group a year ago. We started praying, doing all the stuff we're going to do. And I said, okay, is this going to work? I need to see. Is this going to result in a missional pouring out of your spirit, right? Because if I, I have a, like a fear of the Lord in me that I don't want to spend my whole life creating a Christian organization and I wake up one day and say, I don't even know any unsaved people. Right? I'm just like doing this thing all my life's been around Christians and it's just like creating like a Christian club where we just do Christian things all the time. That is not my destiny. That is not what I want to see. I'm like, God, I have to see an organization that is being missional. I have to see all this labor and all this administration. I only want to build it if I know that river's going to be flowing and that this city's going to be transformed and that broken, addicted people are going to find freedom and that people that are living in torment and don't know who who they are in an identity crisis. They're going to find that they're sons and daughters of the living God. If we're not fulfilling that mandate, then what are we creating? Right? There's a fear of the Lord in me. It's like I, it keeps me up at night sometimes. I pray. I intercede. God, how are you going to shift the American church so that we're not just building a building? We're building a building that the river of God can flow through. Right? This is not consumer. This is not some type of awesome, I love it. I come in here and I get the holy goosebumps and man, the preaching's amazing. I don't care about that if it doesn't result in something happening in our city. Okay, so I'm always thinking, I'm praying, I'm seeking, I'm God, I want this to be what's in your heart. Because this isn't my idea, this isn't my burden, this is your idea, this is your burden. And I was in this prime, I was saying, okay, Lord, is this working? Like, are we being effective? What does mission look like? Because it doesn't look like knocking on people's doors anymore, that doesn't work. You can get shut. Why are you at my house? Leave me, please, right? I've heard that verse before, go home, right? Like, people don't like that. Right, and I was meeting with a guy that had uh, he'd gotten um, someone had prophesied over him, and then he'd been surrounded by a number of other people. And by the time I met him, which is a week or two later after he'd kind of met all these different people, he looked at me and he's like, "Your church is like surrounding my life." And I was like, "What do you mean?" It was like at work, this, that, like happenings, running in. And he was, and it it hit me all of a sudden. It was like God was like, "That's the revival group." It's like, that's family. It's like people are looking to be known and seen and loved. And he was like, and all these people, he's like, they just like casually say these things that like are changing my life. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like the gospel working, right? Like he didn't know how to qualify like God is doing something and everywhere I look at my work and here it's like your church is surrounding me and it was like I saw it's like these revival groups it's like a spider's web that flies just get stuck in but it's not some nasty web it's the love of God everybody I believe that we are living in a day and age in this nation where people are craving family and I believe that God is pouring out a corporate grace and anointing upon this place to create that. I've heard the testimony so many times the last year. So many times. Like, I walked in and I felt at home. I walked in, I felt weirded out, but I still felt at home. 
I walked in, I was really weirded out, but I still felt at home. I walked in and, I, you know, like, you hear all the different, it doesn't matter where your background is. I don't care about background. We're not trying to create some type of specific thing where only these types of people like it. We're trying to create a family where people love and honor one another for who they are and not try to just create some type of club where we're all just doing the same thing and thinking the same way and da, 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 da. That's not the gospel. That's not the Bible. That's not God. He is multifaceted. He's manifold wisdom. That's like a diamond. You look at it a hundred different ways and people see a hundred different things and it's still beautiful and God is bringing all types of people together and he's forming family we believe it's the grace that God has poured upon this church in this house and it is the instrument through which the river of God is flowing and so that's the two spaces come and help build the church plug into your community and the rest is leaving room for God to be released through right we're going to come we're going to pray and have a we're going to bring to you a calendar of like the next year this is all the things that are going to be happening corporate ministry through the church and what does that do that then leaves room for you to be creative and to do what God's calling you to do. Well, I have a vision to do this. All right, go. Do it, right? There's codependency that has been inlaced into the body of Christ where people, it's like they need the church to create what they're called to do. Pastor, we're, you know, what are we doing for single moms? What are you doing for single moms? Right? Why do you need me to help you fulfill your call? Do you see what I'm saying? My call is not to do every single thing and create A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, so you can just step, 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 and be babies your whole life in the gospel. Right? My call is to create an environment where you're getting equipped with the Spirit of God and empowered and released to go and fulfill your destiny. And what that looks like is creating. We live in a, there's a, there's a kingdom of heaven. And in heaven, there is a world up there that looks like something. And there's an aspect of it that God's put in your heart. And he is waiting for you to partner with him to create that place of culture and bring it into earth. Andy Crouch, he's a smart guy, wrote a book called Culture Making. He says, the only way you change culture is by creating more of it. And the way we're going to bring the culture of heaven to the culture of earth is by creating what we were born to create on earth. You say, create what? What do you mean? You create the family that God sees when he looks at you. You create the leadership structure in your business. You create art. You create music. You create, there, it's all up there. God put us in a garden. We're ending in a city. A city is where people create a whole bunch of stuff and it's a hub of human creation and we're ending in a city there's heavenly artifacts that you're made to make you're made to create and we've got to fulfill that if we want to see his kingdom come and his will be done and our mission accomplished and that means that we're going to do what we're called to do as a church we're going to create what God's breathing on and intentionally step back and leave space for you to create what you're called to create my goal is to empower you to succeed at living the gospel. It's not to walk you like a dog <laughs> through life, right? Or like, no, no, now come here. Now come here. That's boring. No one wants that, really. You just don't have to think very much. All right, you're real quiet. I hope I didn't offend anybody. I love you all. I swear I love you a lot, okay? This is the truth. Uh, the river of God's flowing 
through this house, and it's attracting people. It's touching people. I won't sell it as good as my mom, but she was visiting my brother in Virginia last week. She's never been. I don't, have you been to Virginia before? First time to Virginia. My brother and my little sister-in-law don't even go to the church very much because my brother works, and they said we won't know anybody, but we can go. So she went with my uh, sister-in-law, and they walked in. It was packed, walked into the lobby, and it was one of their ushers or something. Standing there, a girl in her 20s, and she looked at my mom and started crying, getting emotional. <laughs> I was like, you don't, wrong person. I don't think you know me, right? And she started crying and finally sputtered out, Riverhouse, Riverhouse is changing my life. You know, it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> she recognized her from the website. It's like, are you kidding me? She said she's thinking about their friends and planning a trip to try to come here because they're trying to figure out how we can connect with this place. Okay, it's happening. People are moving here from other states. I know, I know of people, I know of three different families moving right now from other states. And one of the big draws, some of them, the sole draw is the church, right? People are wanting to be a part of this because they sense God doing something. And God is doing something. He's doing something significant. And it's bigger than what we can think. And it looks like all of us fulfilling our call, our mandate. Okay? Um... I don't know where I am right now, but God loves Boise, Idaho a lot. He loves the city. He loves the city. And we're the answer to that love. He sends us out of that love. We get to be the embodiment of his love. And his love is like a cancer that can't be cured. It is like a virus that can't be stopped. When the love of God consumes a people, it can't be stopped. You look in the Old Testament, in the early church in Acts, they tried to kill them. They tried to scatter them. The more they tried, the more it multiplied. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. You can't stop his love. It's crazy. It's like an unstoppable force. There's no cure. There's no answer. And he's releasing this in our midst. And the beautiful thing is it's not just Boise that he loves. There's a world dying that he loves with all his heart. And I believe this church is not just called to Boise. It's called to the nations. Uh, I, I'm very, very selective and very intentional about when I share uh, anything prophetic, especially with all of you. I'd never be irresponsible to share a word as some type of a spontaneous thing. But I felt the Lord said, I want you to share this. Um, I received a word that is uh, prophetic for this whole church while I was in India uh, from one of the most powerful men there, the most powerful man. He's the patriarch of the whole ministry and birthed incredible things and a mighty, mighty, humble man of God. And he began prophesying over me. Uh, he said some personal things, but uh, there was an aspect that it really applies to, to Riverhouse as a whole. And uh, when he was a young man, he knew Bill Bright. Bill Bright kind of took him under his wings. And he looked at me and he began saying, when I was a young man, Bill Bright used to put his arm around me. And he said, I remember the smile and the look in his eyes. And he looked at me and he said, and you're like him. And he said, and Riverhouse is going to be like Campus Crusade for Christ. And he said, this river is going to flow across India into the nations of the earth. And he looked at me and said, and God told me to tell you that. And I just started weeping. It was one of the weightiest. It was probably the most significant word I've ever received in my life. It hit me like a freight train, and I was not expecting it. And I believe it's true. It terrifies me because I believe it's true. Uh, we've already seen this begin in India. We've seen uh, the, the mustard seed sprout, and it's growing. We've seen the pastor, there's a pastoral network that's being stewarded and growing every day. They're meeting every month. 
We're starting the seminaries. Churches are being planted. People are being raised up, and we'll be planting many churches. We're a part of this. We're on the ground level. We're seeing it. It's a partnership. It's by no means uh, solely River House, but we are uh, a, the river touched India, and it is releasing something mighty. And it happened when this church was literally an infant. Uh, literally, we were like nothing. We we're like ten people when it started, and God sent us there, and it's just continuing. Uh, and I believe there's more missions, missionaries to send. I believe missionaries are going to be raised up and sent out of this house. I believe churches are going to be planted. I believe missionary organizations, NGOs, creative ways to get in creative access countries are going to come out of this house. I believe churches are going to be planted. I believe there's books to be written. I believe there's businesses to be started. I believe there's families to be birthed. I believe there is such a release of the Spirit of God coming through us as a people uh, that we can't comprehend it. I'm not just trying to exaggerate. I'm not just trying to, like, hype you up. This is the honest truth of the gospel. You die. If that seed dies in the ground, it multiplies and bears much fruit. Jesus was one man, poured his life into 12 men. Those 12 men went out and turned the world upside down, right? He found a ragtag bunch of fishermen up in the Galilee. I remember when I went to Galilee for the first time, it was just this normal lake in this little town. And I honestly was disillusioned because I was like, that is not as grandiose as I read in my Bible. That looks extremely ordinary and extremely insignificant. Could you really use somebody that was raised in this little tiny town fishing on this lake to turn the world upside down? Could you really do that? And the answer is yes. History says yes. The word of God says yes. And so my question for you is if he used a ragtag bunch of fishermen that were uneducated and denied Christ and did all kinds of crazy stuff, why can he not use a ragtag bunch of people from a city in Idaho where everybody thinks of Napoleon Dynamite when they think of us? All right, it's a divine trap. People are going to say, where are you from? Idaho? I thought there's only potatoes there. No, the glory of God is there. I think we're going to see the day where people associate Boise with the glory of God much more than they do with potatoes because God wants to be known. All right. This is my dream. I had this dream. This is my dream before I even knew I was called to church because I had no vision. I had no hope for church. Church bored me. Right? But I was passionate for God, seeking for what I was put on this earth to do when I lost my dreams. I lost my hopes. I was in this very vulnerable season for like probably four years of my life. Just what am I doing? I've had vision my whole life since I was like eight years old. I don't remember a day that I didn't have vision for something down the road. And it was like God just wiped it all out and kept me in this silent place. And I had no vision. I was just passionate for God. I said, God, what am I going to do? What is this passion? And the only thing that I could use to express my passion, I had no idea it was true. Churches. I said, I just, my dream is to create some type of environment where people get so filled with God that they get empowered to go fulfill their dreams. I said, I can't imagine what it would be like to live in a culture, to live in an environment where people, like it's all these dream world changers that are fulfilling their dreams all together. I was like, that's my dream. I had no idea that was church because I didn't think that was possible in church. I thought church was just boring, half hands. I'm really, you know, like it just, it never compelled me. God took me on a journey. I saw it. This is the church. And so now I'm not just dreaming that anymore. I'm seeing it happen. I'm watching it fulfilled with my eyes. It's just the first fruits. People are amazed. They're saying, this is incredible. This is exciting. It is. But this is just the first fruits. People say, oh, you're just growing. It's just a season. That season's going to stop. 
know what the Lord said a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago? He convicted me. He said, where'd you get that mindset from? He said, of the increase of my kingdom and of my government, there will be no end. Where is a church stopping? Where is the halt of growth? Where is that in the gospel? It's not in there. That's just our own mediocre experiences creating theology around it to try to make us feel better that Christianity is not thriving in this nation because we've shifted to postmodern, post-Christian. Atheism's on the rise. New age is increasing. But God is not intimidated because he has you. And it's time to believe it. It's time to step in and recognize that God, do not call the former things to mind. Behold, I am doing a new thing. And church is not going to die. Church is not going to fade in this nation. The glory days are not behind us. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. There are people that are coming. He's going to add to our numbers daily. He's going to grow this church. He's going to grow this movement. He's going to grow you as people. And he's going to send us out to transform our world for the name and the honor and the glory of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on. That's a good word. I'm preaching good tonight. All right, we're going to close. Band's going to come up. I think they're going to pray a song. Is that true or no? I just saw it on the thing, so never mind. No, I, saw, I, thought, I thought you put that on there. No. All right, you can play if you want. Uh, we put the lights down, and you guys can stand up. I just want to pray like a, like a blessing, like a commission moment. This is exciting. We're made to be a part of a kingdom movement. Revival groups are starting this week. A little plug again. You can go out in the lobby. There's a lot of information out there. Uh, one in Meridian, three in Boise. And uh, they're not program driven. They're people driven. They're families. We believe we're just seeing what God's going to do. This is a dawning of a new day, and it's exciting. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, that your people are responding as they're hearing this vision, as they're hearing these words, because it's your spirit that's breathing them. I thank you, God, that we don't have to conjure up ideas, that we don't have to seek and and mine the whole world for wisdom, because we have it all in you. This is your plan. This is your gospel. This is your church. This is your people. It is your kingdom, God, and we just want to be a part of living in the days of the increase and the growth and the manifestation of your world into our world. God, I thank you that you've called us to send us into the different parts of culture, to send us into business, to send us into government, to send us into family, healthcare, education, creative arts, beauty care. God, anything, there's everything you want to use us, Lord. And so I ask, God, that you give us wisdom as a people, that you give us servant hearts to sow our lives into your church, to build your church, and that in response, the river of God will be released through this house. God, I pray that the anointing of this house, it will not just be about a building and on a Sunday night, God, it will be about the people of God just just being swallowed by the resurrection power of your river, God. I ask, Lord, that you release your spirit, that you release this river, that you release this movement, that you grow it, God, that you stir it, God, that you shake it, God, and that you increase it for the glory and the honor of Jesus, God. We thank you, we bless you, and we honor you tonight in Jesus' mighty name.